Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So we didn't record a pod last week. Uh, did you enjoy your week off? Heavy quotes. No, because <laughs> I was up late trying to finish a Sloan Sports Analytics paper with you. That was that was definitely later than we normally stay up to do work. Well, later than I stay up. Uh, that's for darn darn sure. What's great is that they're like there's sections that are like well crafted edited a couple of different times and then there's just kind of stream of consciousness sections yes. that are that flow right in there it really it really does read amazingly start to finish you're like ooh, it got a little bumpy in the middle oh it ends nicely okay okay all right we, we got there starts okay. nice ends nice middle little rough figure probably spend a little too much time polishing the figures based on what i've seen in other people's papers yeah, I mean, <laughs> but they print pretty well. Oh, they print you printed it pretty well. Oh, did you sign sign it? You sign it? Autograph front? No, no. Remember, we're not supposed to put our names on there. Oh, People might know. That's right. It's a, I forgot it's a competition. Uh, we we technically have to stay secret because I mean, all of these all these people that might be reading our <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yes we will stay secret the minute we've been released from our secrets which uh what what's the next date in the timeline it's early january we're told like the fourth or something oh my god you're gonna make me go to this no website. no no don't don't go to that website it's, a, it's um, the worst it's, website it's january it is january yeah so we we have a while we, we got a while to, to cool off uh but anyway i think i think that was a good it was a good exercise we had a lot of fun we learned i learned a lot about the business world and uh, we both learned a little something about growth charts, I think. <laughs> yeah, we did. I mean, we went in there with a general idea of what it is and how it works. And, man, did we bullshit our way ways to uh, actually making real research into what growth chart theorem looks like. Yeah, um, yeah. Turned it into... That is one of the things that I will say Colgate <laughs> really helped me to do is to be able to retroactively take someone else's, um, you know, research and be able to like, you know, bring it into like a legitimate analysis. No, that's, that's fair. That's totally fair. This was all just a practice for the mini analytics conference. <laughs> you know, based on the timeline, right, that uh, we would actually present this at mini analytics before Sloan. I know we would, yeah. <laughs> So, to, in all seriousness, so, uh, apparently there's a um, Minnesota sports analytics group, who knows, that are trying to have a conference the week of the Super Bowl to hopefully, you know, catch a couple um, execs unaware, <laughs> bring them down a level. Um, and I, you know what? I'm thinking maybe we just enter this in there, have this as a preview of uh, a. a dry run of our presentation you know we could we could do a lot worse than that we could we could do a lot worse than getting you know it's like a soft opening 
like, exactly oh yeah. yeah debut it in a in a slightly low slightly lower pressure setting and uh yeah you know it's like when the red sox play bc <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> the end of spring yep. training this <laughs> mini analytics is our slow in spring training i think it works this week we're gonna keep it short we're wrap we're starting to get towards the end of season one here but we've been off fantasy for a couple weeks we talked your ears off about growth charts and so we're going to talk about getting back into fantasy here we go hey so uh, i didn't pay any attention to the mlb for the past five weeks this is a hypothetical scenario did i miss anything of fantasy relevance please regale me eric why of course you did um <laughs> Did you see the the tweet that I sent you from Judge <laughs> I, to Stan? I did. It's a really good one. <laughs> so we're best friends. <laughs> um, well, uh, Mike Stanton apparently, and this is the, this is a story that I keep on seeing everywhere. Mike Stanton apparently could have hit seventy three home runs if he was hitting all the balls that he hit in the NL East in. Yankee Stadium. That lineup is going to be insane. Yeah, actually, I have questions about that. Where do you bat them? How, what order do you bat them in? Oh, my God. I saw it as number one was um, old-timey baseball. Why can I? Why am I blanking out his name? Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. And then number two was Judge. Number three was Stanton. <laughs> Number four was Didi Gregorius, and number five was Gabby Sanchez. Ooh. Doesn't doesn't make sense to me in the slightest. That yeah no just <laughs> no you you put Brett Gardner in, homer him with Judge, and then homer. Well, I guess the idea is that like either they're gonna strike out, walk or hit a home run. So Brett Gardner will somehow get to like third base. Maybe he'll still home. Yeah, I guess you figure that you. So we should actually we should actually put some predictions on this. Not now, but when we're when we're doing something like, what do judges' walk totals look like when he bats ahead of Stanton? <laughs> I will bet you that he's going to strike out a lot next year. You know who I think he's going to be like? Who? Chris Davis yeah, after yeah, yeah. his amazing year well they're, i mean they're gonna have to attack him aggressively they'll look at what they did during they'll look at how he was pitched during his epic slump because he did have an epic slump this year that people have just forgotten about at this point and i i think judge is going to be much more solved this year than he was last year and they have to attack him because it's really you know it's really hard to solve stanton he's got a long track record of just wrecking people as long as he stays healthy a lot of money to spend on somebody who isn't necessarily going to stay healthy oh my god if he gets 160 games over the next two seasons i think the yankees are happy yeah that's probably true how do you feel about the um how do you feel about the no trade clauses in general and just reporting around them I, I love the Cardinals' face getting ground into the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, I The reporting around them is the thing that really gets me. I'm just like, it's fine if you want to have a no-trade clause, but why do you have to be, like, publicly to the Cardinals? No. No, no. <laughs> Stan Mike Stanton. How about no? <laughs> I'm not moving to St. Louis. Speaking of someone who's on the move, though, can we talk about D. Gordon, your buddy? Uh 
will be outfield eligible within, I guess, two weeks of the season. Yeah, well, you know, it's a dumb move is playing D. Gordon in the outfield in a fantasy league. Ooh, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> if, you know, we're not we're not going to give a ton of advice today necessarily, but don't play D. Gordon in the outfield. We talked about this a little bit this week and how this actually is really bad if you, for some you know hypothetical scenario, owned both D. Gordon and Gene Segura. Uh, <laughs> Oof, what an owner. <laughs> what an owner. You know, I was I actually looked back at their stats and was so sad about Gene Segura's stats this year. There was so much rosier in my head. Ah, <laughs> uh, of course they were. Well, on his his per game basis, they were better. Well, you know, yes, that's true, but uh part of that was driven by how many plate appearances he got because he didn't he played what 100 and, I think he played 130 games, but he still amassed 550 plate appearances. Wow, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, because he was up at the top of the lineup, which yes. he will not be now that D. Gordon is going to be in that. <laughs> yep, and you connected all of the spot. dots that I sadly connected in my head to like <laughs> to regress that. Um, maybe his batting average stays high. I mean, he, bat- he hit 300 last year, um, which was his main utility because he was sort of he, – he didn't really have much power. He scored a lot of runs, um, and he was – you know, high on stolen bases, 26 on the year. So he, you know, is above, way above the curve, but. But he might not because he's going to be in the same. I know. He's going to be I hitting know. into fielders' choices all the time. I know. Don't, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I know. It's, it really is unfortunate. I just. Let's, let's talk about the show and. The bet box bet that has already paid off. Ugh. So the field got him. The field got him. It's pretty interesting. Otani, uh, you know, you we were texting about this as teams got checked off. And uh, my prospects started getting worse and worse and worse. And then out of nowhere, the field wins. But you actually had a strategy for the field. You weren't just playing the odds. Well, I had, I, I had wanted to grab the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I would have taken the West Coast over the field, like as well. Man, I should have. Next time, I'm going to do it by divisions. Ooh, ooh, that would have been interesting. That would have been better than teams. yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, I I was thinking that the surprise to me was that it ended up being an AL team because I thought it was going to be an NL team. I thought it was going to be West Coast, and I thought the that it was. <laughs> I really thought that it was going to be the Padres. What yeah. the, come I thought, on. I thought it was going to be a little farther south. The, who were in the conversation. They were on the last three teams in the conversation. I I understand that they were in that they, you know, were listed in the conversation. I just can't believe that you would actually do that. Have you spent a considerable amount of time in San Diego? No, I haven't. You should you should. <laughs> what the Rams don't agree with you or on that or the Chargers don't agree with you on that one. Well, neither do the yeah, Rams. I, I, they I could have moved into the Chargers stadium, but they. <laughs> I know, but it, it sounds like he he was a little bit worried about being on a team that was like, a in a really major market. So he went to Anaheim instead of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't help to play across from you know the best player on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can say that about Justin Upton yet, but. <laughs> Is that? Do you think so? Is that going to be their outfield? <laughs> it should be. That'd be awesome. 
What an That'd outfield. Be great outfield. I mean, actually, this is a really good question. Now, now this is our third one in a row of what do you do with your batting lineup? Yeah, I, I mean, we don't know what Otani is going to be like yet. But I would hit Upton third. And I would probably hit Trout second. Mike Otani Trout fourth. second. Yeah. And yeah, well, and and then Albert Pujols fifth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they got to fill out that DL spot somehow, but uh, or DH spot, so DL too. <laughs> I'm a DH, but you know, they, it works. <laughs> I may as well populate the DL. Yeah, that's. Huh. All right, let's talk about the most major moves by a um, contending team. Cubs I'm, signing Morrow and Chatwood. I'm I'm just gonna let you talk about this one. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's hilarious because they've struck out. <laughs> they've struck out on all of these free agents, all these signings. So those are their moves. I I sort of like them, but not when you need to sign Arietta and. You still haven't actually shorn up the the biggest problem, which was the eighth and ninth innings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. I think um, you, if you're Theo Epstein, you, this obviously isn't part of your <laughs> five-year plan, but you also kind of have to bank on <laughs> um, the re-regression of your, your stars. Right, because yep. the Cubs had such a slow start this year that they it took them so long to maneuver into contending position that yeah. it, it I think that hurt their their in season moves somewhat. And if they don't, if they're not as hamstrung by that early next year, they might be able to fix up some of these problems or some of these misses that they've had earlier. Yeah. You mean the trade market? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it didn't make sense for them to enter the trade market early last year because they were <laughs> so cold. Yeah. So what do you think about, in, in all seriousness, I think a lot of people are going to talk about Morrow and not talk about Chatwood, but does Chatwood have a little bit of, like, Wes Welker potential moving from Miami to New England? Like, getting out of, <laughs> getting out of Colorado <laughs> Going to the the NL Central, I mean, like this, that could be like a nice move for him. I, I, I mean, I, I like, I've liked Chatwood. I've been willing to stream him on the road, certainly for a couple of years, but, um, and and I, I think I have mostly unintelligently. I think I've even streamed him in Colorado, actually, which was really unintelligent. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Wrigley's not exactly the best park to go to, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think he, he gains some value, but does he vault into an everyday usable? Probably not. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to start thinking about getting back into, in the sense of getting back into fantasy, how you actually would get into fantasy from an introductory level. So I want to, in part, as we're looking into season two, this is doing some planning, um, think about what fantasy looks like at an introductory level. Make sure that we start our year simple and don't 
immediately jump in overthinking everything as we might have done a couple times last year. Also, now I'm feeling punch drunk off of actually finishing a project and realizing that maybe we should try and flesh out some of our tools a little bit better. Oh boy. <laughs> so this is just to skip to sort of the punchline of this at the beginning. My big question is what can the fantasy tools do, the two of us do, to make both getting into fantasy more tractable and or getting back into fantasy more tractable? Right. How can people hit the ground running and realize and know that they're at a level with their competitors, if not a step ahead? That's right. I think, you know, how do you hit the ground running at at any level all the way from I've never seen fantasy before to, uh, you know, I'm joining us hyper competitive league and I need to get a little bit more uh, expertise. Right. And I've always thought of it the people that I want to like aim the show towards are people that have some knowledge about baseball, have played fantasy before, and are trying to take the leap. Like whether that be like I'm going to be in that work league that everybody talks mm-hmm. about this year, and I'm going to try to compete. And I've only ever played in a ten-team league where only four of the people ever actually managed their <laughs> rosters before. You know, that's who I'm thinking of, but you're right. We need to be a little bit broader from the people who are just entering to experts who wanted to have that little extra bit of knowledge. One of the things that we're really can be really skilled at is with a huge amount of data out there, we should be really thinking about what we can do to make it more tractable and what we can do to make it tractable to a huge range of levels. So when we create new data products, thinking about how, <laughs> I think I'm too business-minded now, but after this this whole <laughs> thing, but how do you make it accessible and interesting at multiple different levels? How do we make yeah, our products interesting to total beginners that have MLB knowledge, but nothing else to people that are experts that want to try and find just that incremental advantage over people in their league? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to hit on two two key points here that I'm thinking about. Maybe we can start to grab these for the next couple of weeks as we're introducing things. Um, my first argument is that there's two major phases in fantasy There's that are com- almost completely different. There's the draft, yeah. and then there's management. And so this year I want to be intentional about the products that we're producing for the draft and the products that we're producing for ongoing management. Yeah, when then management is so multifaceted. I know. Well, that brings us to my next thing, which is there's such a huge range of strategies. As we're talking about management, how do we want to try and inform those? Do we want to restrict to a few strategies? Do we want to do an extremely broad base survey of strategies? And this, my first question here is, what is the best beginner strategy? Like I Googled, you know, I Googled get into fantasy baseball today just on a whim as I was putting this together. (laughs) And there's so much information. I have no idea where you start anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like we were able to help a player win his, his league. He hadn't really done that much fantasy baseball before. And he used the best art of strategies. which was partly because his league was like set up perfectly for best artist <laughs> strategy. So it really is league dependent. 
Um, <laughs> what is it? The Labadini strategy? Modified Labadini strategy? You know, those are... What Which is one's it? that? It's the one where you... Oh, um, yes. You only yes. use your last picks on, on pitchers. Like the same thing that you would do in fantasy yeah, football. You're right. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't advocate either of those as a rudimentary strategy, but I would love if we could craft the arc of our second season to be something where midway through the season, you could look and evaluate your league and say, this is a good time to pivot to Bastardo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, are we going to do like, are we going to self Monte Carlo this? I think, I think so. <laughs> I think, I think that's exactly Enter what's happening. a thousand different leagues. You gotta, you gotta keep me away from the Monte Carlo methods, man. That's, you know, that's just, it's just so addictive. To I me. know you were able to get Monte Carlo into that. <laughs> That paper. <laughs> you didn't think dark. I could, but I did. So this was just, you know, this was a big shoot around. I don't think, I don't have any main products yet. My takeaway, again, just to circle back, is I want to think intentionally about what can the fantasy tools do to make getting into fantasy at any different level more tractable. I think that's a good uh, prompt for a season, season two. Wow, season two yeah. of the show. All right, you want to wrap this sucker up? Star Wars. <laughs> I had to put this at the very end because I knew that we would talk about it for the entire time if I didn't. So it's this week, and you said it snuck up on you. I did. I did, and that was mostly this lone paper. But isn't that the isn't that sort of the ideal way to experience it? You know, like now we can just get into it. <laughs> yes, th- that's a- that's actually good. I think because I was like. I was aiming on the trajectory of getting um, way too involved, and yeah, and then I, I kind of took a step back a couple times and said, "All right, we'll let this come as she comes." All right, I. Then I'm only going to ask you one to take one deep dive with me, which is oh boy, one, question one a. How do you feel about... You just said one, so how do you, all, all of a sudden... How do you feel about porgs? Porgs? Porgs. Which one's porgs? You know that absurd creature that... Oh, the up? little thing? Yeah, that's, it's called a porg. I don't really think that it fits in Star Wars, but, you know, They're, I'm... They look like, to me, to they have the same... I'm very skeptical, let me just say. They have the same out-of-place look in the universe that Jar Jar Binks did. You know, like oh, yeah. you look no, at them absolutely. in the movie and you're like, ah, that is too CGI. It's just too not right. CGI for the time. It's like going, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, the worst CGI of all time in example in this is the retrofit of the cantina scene in season, in episode four. Which piece? The singer. Oh no! You're thinking you're singing episode six. Come on, you're not thinking the cantina scene. You're thinking yes in Java's Java's palace. You're yeah. thinking Java's palace. Come on, my buddy. I've watched I watched it once. Okay, you got to give me some credit. I watched it once, and then I was like, oh, I am never never watching this version again. What? Oh my god! I loved that. What is love wrong that song. with you? It's chippa chang chippa 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 chang. Then you were gonna oh. then you were gonna oh. like the ports. Okay. Well, all right. Question one B. Is, is sort of irrelevant, but I got to, f- what, what is a Porg doing on the Millennium Falcon? Like I read about what planet they originate on and it makes no sense why there's one on the Millennium Falcon. 
dude, I've read the books, and now they threw the books in the garbage can. So you know what? I'm not. I'm not getting into any of this. Like, I'm just gonna watch the movies, see how it comes. Fine. Well, they go from they there. They originate on the the planet that Luke's on, which I can't remember the name of because it has two words in the name. Oh yeah. And it's and it's got a an N and a H next to each other. Or something. I don't know. It, it was not easy. Yeah, it was not easy to come up with. So, anyway, some for us to watch this week. Uh, we'll have we'll have the uh, in depth breakdown. Yeah, block out way too much week, of your time, right? <laughs> to talk about that. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna fight I'm gonna fight. This season we have done food exclusively, <laughs> and I kept on waiting for like the perfect time to do something else, and it just didn't really arise. But today I am noticing <laughs> that you are wearing a red fleece jacket. Now this. I will say, is a move stolen from me because I am a red fleece jacket wearer. Exhibit A, the red fleece jacket that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> I, so review session, red fleece jackets, go. You know, it's funny because you answered the phone and I was like, ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, he's, he's, he's wearing his red fleece jacket. The the red fleece, it, it its power cannot be denied, which is why I keep it as my office jacket because I mm. know that it can go with a whole smattering of things. And it can clash. And you probably have, like, no other red in your wardrobe. No, I really don't. <laughs> to, like, clash with it. I mean, right? I don't, like, <laughs> what, what pants colors do I wear? Like, navy and khaki and gray. And so, like, great. Right. Perfect. We're good to go. Perfect. Perfect. So is that a is that zip the whole way down? Oh no no no! Is it's it just a three it's quarter. Four buttons. Ooh, nice. I'm I'm really pioneering is, something different. That is pretty good. I really have gotten into the the uh, quarter. Is is it three quarter or one quarter? I never remember. Which... These are quarter. The sleeves are three quarters. You have three. No no no! Sleeves? Not on this. There's this in oh, in okay. a fashion okay. sense. Okay. There is the concept of three quarter sleeves. There's no concept of quarter <laughs> okay. sleeves. Although we should just start calling t-shirts quarter shirts. <laughs> <laughs> These are my quarter length shirts. That. We can do that. I mean, we could have another review session next week on <laughs> quarter quarter zip and quarter snap um, sweaters. They. There's a certain age where you get to, and I'm just like, you know what? You know what looks good? <laughs> I, I really thought they looked ridiculous for the longest time. I had my high school picture in one. Ugh. Oh, yeah. A brown quarter zip sweater. Just, I only have one in my <laughs> in my wardrobe right now. Do you now. still have, have to get Oh, no, a different one? No, it's a different one. Different one. I could probably still fit in that one. I don't know what happened to it. It was, I, you know, what it was, was it was sort of like a little bit. It was like mid aughts, so the like the collar was like too big and too stiff. And so it'd like, like if you actually had it zipped up <laughs> at all, it would like move your. It would like get stuck under my ears. It was like what the hell? And the back of my hair. Like I could only wear it when I had actually just had a haircut. I somehow, you know, I I know that feeling acutely. That was very well described. The, you oh, know, the chunky, the chunkiness thick. of of the neck material in the mid aughts was was very bad. 
Come on, guys. It was never meant to be zipped. <laughs> no. Never meant to be zipped. So, red fleece jacket, pro, pro. Nice. Well, I think that that brings us to a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, where's luck to you, buddy? Where's the luck to you, too? Yeah!